And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today is Tom Plans. He's the Deputy County Coordinator for the fire companies here in Ulster County. And Tom, it's great to have you with us today. Well, thank you, Dan. I want to thank you for the invite. Well, Tom, I remember meeting you years ago. It's when we both worked at IBM, in fact. And uh, gradually we got to know each other, and I found out that you had been, uh, for some time, volunteering your time to the fire department. And uh, so that's what we want to talk about today, and that is volunteerism. And uh, a lot of guys out there and gals are um, dedicated in volunteering their time to their community and helping that community. And today we want to focus particularly about the fire department and rescue. And um, maybe you can get us started by uh, describing um, what does it feel like to be a volunteer? Why would why would people even want to volunteer? It seems like it's uh, it's nightmarish at times. You've got a pager. It may go off 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> this, this is true. Uh, I've left many meals sitting on the table, and I've rolled out of bed uh, all weather, yeah. all hours of the day, you know, night, yeah. uh, whatever. Uh, it's it's something that gets in your blood from the fire service standpoint. I think uh, I told you that I, I, I grew up in Pittsburgh, approximately uh, a half a block away from the local firehouse, and that was my hangout. That's oh, where I learned how to yes. play pinochle with the boys, and <laughs> I, I got interested in, in, in the fire service, and that's probably what got to put into my blood. Yes. And then uh, after IBM enticed me to relocate to New York, and uh, my wife and I thought this was a, one of the most beautiful areas of Ulster County, so we oh, decided yeah. to build a house in the town of Olive. Yeah. And I knew absolutely nobody. So Just like that, you come into a town and you have no friends here, and yet you end up uh, volunteering and helping and, other people in the town. Exactly. My interest in the fire service and the fact that uh, I worked with one gentleman who said, oh yeah, they uh, always looking for volunteers. So I signed up and I've met some Awful great people. I, I yeah. learned an awful lot about the town and the history of the town through some of our, uh, at the time, senior members, most of which are deceased now, but mm. it, was, uh, it was a valuable history lesson to me. You and I both knew uh, a fella by the name of Mr. Fox yes. here in this town. Yes. And I, I remember that they reached out to Debbie and myself and invited us over for a meal one night, you know, many years ago now. We were new in the town, and I always remembered that. What a... What a what a nice couple they were. Absolutely. Yep. Al Fox was probably our last dairy farmer in the town of Olive. Mm. Uh, he was a very intelligent man. He had his, his master's degree from Rutgers. Yes. He, uh, he was probably one of my mentors. I had two real mentors. I had Al Fox, and I had another gentleman by the name of Frank Miller. Mm. Al, I, got, I learned more about the business end of the fire service from him yeah. and Frank Miller probably knew everything there was to know about fire trucks and uh i spent many a, a, a saturday morning riding around the town with him he, he taught me how to drive he taught me how to run the pump and uh he was he was my mentor and i think everybody today yes. needs a mentor really that's what's coming to my mind and that is uh, when you volunteer you might think oh i i can't volunteer i'm afraid i'm gonna make a mistake or i don't know anything about the fire department and yet they have real needs, and they need you if you're inclined to help them. And so there are mentors, and they can help guide you. Many of us have driven down the road, and we see an event. Uh, we see lights flashing. 
lo and behold there's a fire truck cones are out police are out there directing it seems like it gets busy very fast how do you contain all the work at an event well, a lot of it comes from the training and that's probably the most important aspects for for safety and efficiency is, is the training we accept volunteer firefighters at 16 we have a junior firefighter program where we have 14 year olds come in they oh. cannot they cannot respond to an emergency but it's a good grooming uh, spot for mm-hmm. and, and and we get a lot of a lot of members carry over from that but at 16 years old you can uh, do pretty much anything except drive or go in a burning building okay and there's numerous state offered courses we have in-house courses we have uh, at least one company drill a month. As you know, we're organized. We have five companies within our one department. Mm-hmm. So we have at least five combined drills where we involve three of our companies and usually one of the mutual aid companies, for example, West Hurley on the east end of town or Phoenicia on, mm-hmm. the, on the west end or Accord. You know, we, we, we mutual aid with about six different companies, so we try and involve them. So if... Um if um, an event, a fire, is bigger than what you can handle, of course, then you could call your buddies over from another company to help out. Exactly. That's We're, what mutual aid is, I we, guess. We are part of the Elster County Mutual Aid Agreement, mm-hmm. and all of our dispatching comes from the 911 Center in Golden Hill in Kingston. And any requests or reports we need, we, we radio back through them, and they, they dispatch the requested mutual aid to back us up. Or maybe, mm. it's, maybe it's just to cover one of our empty stations if we have uh, all of our equipment committed. So how does it work? Let's say somebody is on the road, and they see, uh, oh, no, there's smoke coming out of that window, and there's a fire. Um, what's the events? How does it work? Right now, we're probably getting almost as many cell phone calls as we are hardline calls. Uh, And after my uh, my 12-year experience at the 911 Center as a dispatcher, Mm -hmm. I I was there when we took our first cell calls. Wow. Biggest problem with a cell phone is people don't know where they are. They're passing through an area. They don't know the landmarks or anything. Yeah. If they have a a good enough cell phone and they're in a good enough reception area the 911 system can plot their location can kind of figure it out and we can kind of figure it out oh Uh, that's interesting if you if you have a a hard line and you're you're calling for an emergency in your residence we encourage you using the hard line Mm -hmm. because it automatically comes up on the screen in front of the dispatcher your name your address the fire organization that services you, the EMS organization, and the police agency that services you. It's That's all helpful. Immediate. So let's say it's a cell caller. He or she calls in, says, I, I think this is a fire here over, and, mm-hmm. and they figure out the location, or you figure it out, and then what happens after that? Then the series of tones go out. Every uh, fireman is wearing one of these little black boxes on his belt, like I'm holding That may go off to today not. while we're it, here it in the studio, in fact. Today, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you never know. Yeah. Uh, so the county will, will look up the street address and refer back to what we call a run card, and then they'll dispatch the appropriate companies. Mm. Uh, if it's a case in the town of Olive and it's a fire call, we always send our three closest companies. All three? We, all three. Yes. Three out of five will go, and that's mainly put in place. Uh, daytime manpower is low in every department. 
Well, I was going to uh, ask you about that, and I know, I know I'm going off on a side trail here, but what happens during the day when most people are at work? Then uh, we have to, fortunately, we have a, a fair number of people that work for the town highway, the county highway. Oh, yes. Uh, we have a few of the uh, the old-timers like myself who are yes. supposed to be retired and we're, yeah, we're You're nowhere town. from retired. <laughs> All right, so the calls go out, the uh, the tones, as you put it, go out, uh, the pager goes off, and the men and women respond. Right. The tones activate the pager and the mm-hmm. siren on, on the appropriate firehouse. Oh, that's right. The so siren goes off. A member responds, or members respond to the firehouse. And now, now, when they respond, are they doing that in order to get the truck, I guess? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Nice. And uh, the... Members that are fortunate enough to have two-way radios or scanners in their car, they mm-hmm. they can hear when a truck is is on the road. Uh, so they may go right to the scene. We right carry our scene. gear in our car. Unlike, okay. On some departments, the uh, the SOP is you will go to the firehouse for every call. But hmm. in a district as large as ours, if a call was in Shokan, it'd be silly for me to drive to Olive Bridge. Be, right. So yeah, oh, our system works. Everybody, everybody has a different system, and whichever system works for your department is. Yeah, we're in a small town relative to like the city of New York or whatever, and so we have a need for volunteerism here. Uh, these are not paid positions, are they? No, we have one paid position, and that's the custodian who cleans the building, <laughs> the fire hall, and mops the floor and takes out the trash. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So after the truck goes out, you go to the scene, and then what happens? Well, the first person arriving on the scene, be it a truck or being one of the chief officers, will, will make a report back to Ulster County 911 what he sees. Uh, would it be a uh, smoke showing? Would it be nothing showing? If it's a working fire and it's coming through the roof, he may ask for a second alarm, which would bring more people, more okay. apparatus. And the... Ulster County Dispatcher will echo that back over the radio, okay. and everybody that's responding can can hear that and uh, make the appropriate response. So in all of this, communication is key. Communication is absolutely key. Yes. Now, these guys and gals that are on the ground starting to fight this fire, um, do they ever have fear in their heart as they go into a situation, you think? Well, I believe so. Judgment call, of course. I, I, I believe so. The the one thing that uh, that we is paramount at every incident is safety. Yes. And we have a a three tiered safety approach. Is the highest priority of safety is the safety of the firefighter or the rescuer, and then we have the safety of the bystanders and the safety of the victim. Mm. For example, a car accident. The victim may already be deceased. We don't yes. know that, right? So we want to keep our people safe. We want to keep any pedestrians or yeah. bystanders safe so that they don't become part of the problem instead of part of it. Now, you just brought something up here, and that is fire departments certainly deal with fires, but they deal with more, don't they? Other events. Absolutely. Uh, okay. And it seems like every time you turn around, there's there's more and more responsibility getting laid on the mm. fire. Years ago, it was it was purely fire, and mm-hmm. now uh, EMS has worked its way into the some of the fire responsibilities. Okay. 
then we have uh, hazmat situations. Everybody said, mm. well, we got all these bad chemicals going up and down a highway. Who's going to handle those emergencies? Oh, yes. Well, we'll give it to the fire department. Right? That's a so, huge responsibility because yes, different chemicals yes. respond different ways, and there's all kinds of training associated with just chemical there control. Is, that is a specialty field in itself. And we have a, a, a book we call the DOT Guidebook, which is just like uh, this is your first line of defense. And uh, the county itself is on contract with the city of Kingston Fire Department hazmat mm. team. So they respond to the hazmat emergencies. Oh, that's helpful. Okay. And these guys have uh, all kinds of specialized equipment, specialized training. Mm-hmm. And we work, we have several classes that we do where we'll work side by side with a hazmat team specifically for decon or decontamination. Mm-hmm. So we know how to, to decontaminate them and not infect ourselves and mm-hmm. how to save all the runoff and... Is there any uh, typical or f- most most frequent hazmat situation? What what would be the most frequent that you come across? The most frequent ones are fuel spills. Yes, be it gasoline or diesel fuel, and yeah. it could be a result of a car accident. It could be a result of somebody not paying attention at a self service mm-hmm. gas station. Yeah, and, and putting a puddle of gasoline on the ground. Mm. And what about these volunteers? They're they're trained, and you have. How often do you do you have training exercises? We have some basic training classes. We have one called a Firefighter One class, which every it's year New York State makes it a little bit bigger. The Firefighter One class is 87 hours in length right now. Wow. And that is the basic, basic class. Mm. Then there's a Firefighter Two class that comes beyond that. There's all sorts of specialty classes for vehicle extrication, for aerial ladder operations, for hazardous materials. For, this is very involved. For yeah, yes. We we last year we got involved with the Phoenicia Fire District. As you know, there's a lot of tubing goes on up and down the Asopus. Oh yeah. So uh, they 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 ride an inner tube down the down the, down the current of the Asopus yeah. Creek. Quite often uh, they injure themselves. They get banged up on the rocks or something and somebody oh, has to yes. go rescue them oh, so yeah. this is a a field called swift water rescue it's not really a dive team where you're going underwater right. but it's a series of ropes and uh, all sorts of harnesses to protect the uh, the victim who's in the right. water because as you know the asopus runs pretty swift sometimes oh yeah and you got me thinking too about uh, during the recent hurricane a couple two three years ago yes, yes. that water got terribly high uh, a lot of damage. I bet you guys had your hands full. <laughs> my, the, the morning of Hurricane Irene, my first call was for a house that came off the foundation up in the big Indian fire district. Oh, my. And the people were hanging out the second floor windows. They screaming, were still in the house. help us, help us. And it came off its foundation. It came off its foundation. It was coming down a hill, and it started to rotate and fortunately it got hung up between a guardrail and a tree and the sheriff's department dive team was able to get them oh. out so that's an interesting story yeah. what about other stories where uh, that you can think of were very unique situations anything else come to mind it's part of the problem and the thing that that, that makes a lot of people drop out of either volunteer fire or ems is the you know it's it's the it's the dealing with tragedy all the time That's right. you know unfortunate situations and and people lose their lives 
people lose their lives, yeah. and and some people can't tolerate that. No. So we have special programs in place called critical incident stress teams. If we, if we have a loss of life incident or a serious accident, uh, we we involve these teams. They're volunteer teams from around the county. They mm-hmm. come together and they offer volunteer counseling and everything to our to That's our members. Good. Another question I had was, um, you guys have a lot of equipment. Well, the town has a lot of equipment that you guys are using, and uh, you treat it as if you're, it was your own equipment, really. And uh, how do you keep everything working? It seems <laughs> like, you know, here at the station, things are constantly breaking. But here's a big truck here, another truck there, and uh, equipment. How do you keep it all working? The way all of us organized is a little bit different than most departments, right, we we are not a fire district. We are a protection district where we own all of our equipment. Mm-hmm. We contract with a town every three years. We sign a contract with a town board to provide fire protection. So basically, the equipment is ours. We okay. own the equipment, and it's got to be ready to go 24-7. Yeah. One of the problems that we're seeing is probably the same thing you're seeing with your car. You can't lift the hood and work on your car anymore. It's all no. electronics, no. right? You need a computer. You need this. You need very that. true. Fire trucks are very much the same way. The engines are all computer controlled. I think the last count there was like seven or eight computers in the fire truck. In the fire truck, <laughs> controlling engines, transmissions, exhaust systems, uh, the oh, pump yeah. itself. Do you end up then having to hire experts? Yes, we have a mechanic that comes right. in. He does normal PM on a regular basis, the oil change, grease jobs, you know, yeah. checks the brakes. And yes. uh, and then when we have a problem, we call him, and he's he's very good about responding. Yeah. Um, before I forget, if someone wants to volunteer their time um, helping the Olive Fire Department, you know, it's, that's local. I know we're being heard in Maryland right now and New Jersey, but... Maybe this same principle would apply in other places. But if if you wanted to um, help out the Olive Department and you're inclined to be a volunteer, what's what's the steps they might take? Well, the first thing is know your local fire department. Know who they are. Uh, is it a volunteer department or is it a city department? Mm-hmm. In the case of a volunteer, uh, speak to one of the members. Mm. Uh, look at their websites uh, we have a website out there that has our application for membership right on it mm-hmm. and i had a policy during my my 16 years as chief that i had a job for everyone i uh didn't make any difference whether uh, you could climb a ladder if you uh. had claustrophobia and you couldn't wear an air a pack an air pack a mask that's okay i still have a you job knew how to you. plug that person in uh, right. Okay. I, would, I would try I'd encourage the person to be honest with me. What can and what can't you do? If you're afraid of heights, I don't want to send you up on a ladder. No, <laughs> no. The uh, website address is Olive Fire D-E-P-T, like in department, mm-hmm. org. in case anyone right. is interested in checking out. Uh, you were showing me earlier that there is an application form there. Yes. So they can go and, and fill that out and um, help out this wonderful fire department here in the town of Olive. Now, I'm just looking at the uh, clock here. We have maybe five or six minutes left. You've been a chief. Um, is that the right term mm-hmm. uh, in the past? Uh, what is it that you're looking for in a volunteer 
Maybe they don't know anything about the fire department. Like I said, you'll plug them in, but what are some traits to that volunteer that you're looking for, that person such that they could fit in and help out? The Probably the biggest thing is commitment. Uh, we're not worried about the training. We'll train mm-hmm. you. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll get you trained, and we'll find a niche in our organization for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Commitment is the biggest thing. If you're not willing to volunteer your time, don't bother filling out the application. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some of the steps that we have to go through is for an active firefighter, we have to get them a physical now, as required by law. Uh, we have to have them part of our workman's compensation, which oh, goes yeah. up every year. Every year, it, it seems yes. to escalate a little bit more. So, if 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 you're not going to show up and be an asset to the organization, you know, don't waste our time and money. Is what I'm saying. It probably. Yes. Yes. Maybe, maybe that comes across the wrong way, and I don't no, sound very it really grateful, doesn't. but it's truthful. It, 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 that's the way it's got to be. It's truthful. Yeah. Suppose somebody um, can't volunteer their time, but um, they want to help out financially even the company. Is that possible? Sure. We we always accept donations. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we have one treasury with our department. Uh, we have different bank accounts one of them is the tax money that we collect from the mm-hmm. town specific guidelines what it can be used for sure. but then we have our corporate money yes. which we get from donations and it helps fund things for members like maybe a dinner or jacket or something like those that. those things are important and <clears throat> so if somebody um had some extra cash they wanted to help the fire department just um well i guess they could go to that website go to that website our mail all goes to P.O. Box 1309, Olive Bridge, and the zip is 12461. Okay, that's uh, P.O. Box 1309. Correct. 1309, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. And um, they would love to receive any donations. It will help the fire department. Uh, Just a wrap-up thought. Um, I think you may have addressed this already, but what's the top issues facing responders and uh, something people need to be aware of and and maybe they come on a scene um maybe they want to help but if they're not trained i assume that they can't really help no we (laughs) one of our biggest problems right now we're seeing with a membership is time you know there's there's more and more people working two jobs yes or the, the wife has to go to work and the husband is now uh taking care of the the children at night uh, so uh, we have to understand all those things and it's we people do what they can do yeah they they won't tear much time they can yeah when you come across a scene on the road probably don't linger too much probably uh carefully move around in the traffic and and get out of there so the the responders can really do their work our our biggest concern is like i said in the beginning of the presentation was safety of our of our members is number mm. one thing so we try and organize our vehicles and our people along the same side of the road as the incident and if you approach the incident please yield to the directions of the fire policeman yeah. the fire policemen have a thankless job they uh good point they always get bad mouthed by the uh yeah. by the motorist who gets detoured you know yes. they're being detoured for a reason it's it's a good reason well, uh, this has been very informative. Um, final point would be um, the homeowner. Um, we own our own home here. Any steps that we should take to minimize the risk of fire in our in the home? Most of it is common sense. The first thing that you have to overcome is the 
it'll never happen to me syndrome, mm. right? Everybody thinks that, uh, that fires and emergencies happen to other people. Uh, there's enough material between TV, magazines. We have smoke detectors now that are very inexpensive. We have CO detectors that are becoming less and less expensive every mm-hmm. year. And just common sense on where you store things and how you treat electricity is probably one of the biggest mm. things. Electricity is the most misunderstood commodity we have. Yes. The other day I was looking at uh, some heat tape that I've had for years, and I looked at that and I realized, whoa, that thing is actually melted. That's, yep. that's a danger. Yes, so it is. check those heat tapes also. <laughs> check those heat tapes. We used to get a lot of trailer fires because of heat tapes, mobile oh, home yes. fires, because oh, they yes. get underneath and wrap them up. And Very true. Well, today we've been talking about um, volunteerism, and in particular, the Town of Olive Fire Department. It's one department with five companies in upstate New York and Ulster County. Uh, my guest is Tom Plans, currently the Deputy County Coordinator. Um, And, Tom, thank you very much for taking time from your busy schedule and joining our listeners today. Dan, I want to thank you for the opportunity of sharing my opinions and my viewpoints. It's it's a pleasure. And a reminder to our listeners that uh, this entire episode is up on our website. Check it out. We're found at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. It's up there as a podcast under resources. For Redeemer Broadcasting, I'm Dan Elmendorf. Please join us again next week at this same time for another edition of A Plain Answer.